Good afternoon, Crossroads. Uh, welcome, everyone. Merry Christmas. Uh, for those of you who are joining us online, staying warm, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, if you're in the auditorium, would you please stand as we worship Christmas Eve.
Good evening. Good evening. I can all have a seat. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Hey, listen, on uh, behalf of our staff here, my name is Luke. I'm one of the pastors here at Crossroads and just want to welcome you. Wish you a Merry Christmas. And we're just we're just so glad that you're here. Glad you're joining us online. Hey, hey, listen, I want to share with you. Uh, we, I know you just got here, but I'm also letting let you know that on Christmas Day tomorrow and New Year's Day, You'll be having one gathering at 10 a.m. So tomorrow, Christmas Day at 10 a.m. and then New Year's Day at 10 a.m. So come on out, and it's going to be a wonderful time. And we just ask, uh, you know, just invite someone, come on out, and it's going to be it's going to be a little cold tomorrow, but come on out, and uh, it's going to be warm in here for sure. So we're going to be just celebrating Jesus, and that's what we do. We talk about Christ, and that's that's why we gather. That's why we do what we do, and that's why this evening we have something to celebrate, don't we? The birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, listen, I want to also want to share with you our birthday gift to Jesus. It's something that uh, we've been doing here for many years, and it is it is how we are saying, listen, Jesus, you are the number one priority in our lives. And so our goal this year uh, was a hundred thousand dollars, and we are going to the Lord and asking Him to provide for many many missionaries and organizations that are taking the gospel, the good news of Jesus, all over the world. And one of those missionaries is the Gonzalez family, and they have a very special message for you. So check out this video. Of Library, they are friends of Library Baptist Church. We want to send our greetings in this Christmas time. In Ecuador, we have a special song called Villancicos. This is one of those songs for you. One, two, three. Con mi burrito sabanero voy camino de Belén. Con mi burrito sabanero voy camino de Belén. Si me ven, si me ven, voy camino de Belén. Si me ven, si me ven, voy camino de Belén. Tuki 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 tuki, tuki 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 ta. Apúrate mi burrito que ya vamos a llegar. God bless you in this Christmas, Pastor Ken and family and all Library Baptists. We send our love to you in this special Christmas time. God bless you and Merry Christmas! Isn't that awesome? So we thank God for the Gonzalez family, what they're doing in Ecuador, and just taking the message of Jesus, and they're reaching many, many, many people. So I love just their joy. There's joy. There's joy in knowing the Lord, and they have it. So I also want to say our goal is $100,000. I want to share with you of where we're at is $74,930. Isn't that awesome? Thanks be to God for that. And I want to just encourage you to keep praying about your part. If you'd like to give to the birthday gift to Jesus, you can give by using the envelopes in front of you and just designate a birthday gift to Jesus, or you can do so online. And I just want to say, like, we're going to make Jesus the number one priority. As we think about all the people on our, on our Christmas list, we're going to make Jesus the number one. And so just continue to pray about your part, and we're going to watch God provide above and beyond anything that we can, we can possibly imagine. Church, as we continue on this, this evening, I want to share with you from Isaiah as we just focus in on Christ, as we focus in on what Jesus came to do and what he represents in our lives. This is Isaiah 9, 6, and it says this. For to us the child is born, to us the son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Our prayer is that as we celebrate Christ, that we would really rest in the Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Almighty God. That is who Jesus is. 
Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for uh, this evening. Lord, as we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on Christmas Eve. Uh, Lord, what a privilege and what an honor to just gather with with friends, with family, with uh, people that uh, we just met. God, this is one big happy family, God, because we have joy in knowing you, Lord. We have joy in knowing Jesus. And so, God, as we... As we continue on this this evening, uh, Lord, as we come in with so many different traditions and so many different feelings and emotions and all all the above, God, I pray this would be an evening of rest, an evening of peace, maybe one that we've never felt in our lives as we rest in the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, Almighty God, the Wonderful Counselor, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Move in our hearts, Lord. We ask all in the name of Jesus. Oh, 
let's give Lily a round of applause again. That was her first time singing here at the church, and didn't she do a fabulous job? Thanks, Lily. Would you stand with us, please, as we sing a couple more Christmas songs? I want you to sing with all your heart, soul, and mind, because the King of Kings is here with us today. He is alive and well, so let's lift our voices. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim. Christ is born in
happy morning, Jesus, to thee be all
Welcome to the stable. You guys are a little early, but that's all right. Soon, it's going to get very crowded. I hope you guys found the place all right. I know it's super busy out there. All the streets are filled with people, and everyone's just trying to get a place to stay because of the census. And soon, a man and a woman, a couple, will be riding in on their donkeys. If you guys look, and if you go through that door, you'll see a a family. And this family is an innkeeper. They're super busy trying to get everything right. All of their guest rooms are with what is going to happen. Window. And then even over light that's going to shine above a hill in the field. It may be busy out in the streets and out the fa- the innkeeper's family, but in here, it's quiet. If you listen through the courtyard, you could hear the, hear the chickens and the cows. And soon... A man and a pregnant woman is going to come with their donkey. Over here in the stable, there's some chicken feed. And soon, a very scared, very frustrated, very stressed husband is going to try and organize it so that his wife can have a place to sit. And right next to the feed is some hay bales. And soon, the innkeeper's eldest son is going to take some hay bales, break it apart, and put it in this thing. This thing that we sing about, a manger. This manger is not a comfortable bed. This thing was just made out of some scraps of wood that the innkeeper found in his extra room that he made a couple years ago. And he nailed it with some rusty iron nails and with some hay that's supposed to be for a horse. And soon, very soon, a woman is going to give birth to one of the most influential, greatest king of kings. And he's going to wrap, this baby's going to be wrapped in a cloth and laid in this manger to rest. This stable doesn't look like it's ready for someone to stay. This stable isn't prepared to have people take a rest. Not only to just take a rest and have a place to stay, but to give birth, to have a kid, a boy, come into the world in a stable. 
But not only is the stable not ready for who's to come, but the world isn't ready for who's to come. The world out there is in political upheaval with the Jewish authorities and the Roman authorities using Christianity, using the Bible as a way to destroy people. A way to have influence. The world isn't ready. And I'm sure Joseph and Mary knew something special was coming. But I don't think they truly realized what was really coming. And certainly the innkeeper isn't ready for a knock on his door. Joseph says, do you have anywhere I can stay? And the innkeeper, my guest rooms are all all full. Joseph, hearing that, stricken with sadness, he droops his shoulders, but turns to his wife, who's as pregnant as a woman can be, and just turns back and says, is there just, please, is there anywhere, anywhere I can stay? And I can only imagine the most important Words that could have come out of his mouth. Yes. Now, even though that he had nowhere for anyone to stay in his inn, he said, I have a stable in the back where you can stay. See, that's what's so great about the gospel. But so what's so great about who Jesus is. The world wasn't ready. This place wasn't ready for a child. But God came down as a human. Because he doesn't care how ready the world is. All he cares about is a yes. I mean, look back at an angel came to Mary and said, You're going to have a child. And do you think Mary was ready to have a child? But she said, yes. And when she was, another angel came to Joseph and says, take Mary as your wife. And he said, yes. You may think these were unconventional choices. But God saw something special in those two. And sometimes I I wonder if God saw something special in this innkeeper. Because he could have said no. He could have put them away and said, go find somewhere else. But instead, he said, He said, yes. Sometimes I like to think, and when I read this story, I feel like the innkeeper is you and I. 
this innkeeper, before Mary and Joseph came, was so busy. All of his family were just so busy trying to get ready all the rooms for all these people. And yet, he still said yes. During this Christmas season, I'm sure you guys are busy. I'm sure you guys are trying to grab all the presents as you can, trying to make sure that dinner's ready so that you can serve your families. But however, I also know that you're busy all the time. I bet you guys feel just like I do, where I feel like I'm, my life is just full stress and hectic. But Jesus doesn't care if you think you're ready or not. He just wants you that even in your busyness to just say yes. To just say yes. Jesus lived a life to bring miracles and he brought miracles after miracles after miracles. All because one person said yes. I don't know what your stable is like. However, he doesn't need you to be ready. He just needs you to say yes. And if you say yes, maybe... Just maybe he can take a miracle out of your stable. Do you think it can happen in your life? Do you think it can happen in mine? Yes. Absolutely.
Kyle and Lindsay, man, let's give them a hand. What a wonderful, wonderful song. It's been, a, it's been a great Christmas Eve so far. It's been wonderful. What a full house we had first hour, full house again today. And uh, you guys aren't afraid of the cold weather, are you? I mean, it's all right. I thought six degrees and nobody's going to be here for Christmas Eve. Well, that just goes to show you, you can't stop Christmas, right? You can't stop Christmas. Let's thank our great God. What a great God we said. <clears throat> You know, I love Christmas. Christmas is such a fun time of year. Um, you're going out and you're, you're buying all these gifts and you're having a lot of fun. Yesterday, I knew it was going to be cold. So I planned my week ahead of time. I knew I was going to be here all day today. We're going to be back here at 10 o'clock tomorrow, which, by the way, bring your kids in their PJs tomorrow. Okay, it's going to be a lot of fun. Kids can come and have fun. One big family service at 10 o'clock. But I was, uh, I was planning my week and I'm looking. I said, okay. I'm going to come, and I'm going to take a day of baking. And my wife just says, you're going to bake. And it was a new thing that I've decided to get into because I love to eat, so I figured I might as well learn how to bake, right? So I got into Farkleberry cookies. Anybody remember the Farkleberry cookie? They're my favorite cookies, I'll tell you. So I found a recipe online, and I pulled out the old mixer, and I started putting stuff in it, and I've had a ball. And I'm taking Farkleberries. I'm giving them to the neighbors. We're having a lot of fun. Uh, ha- having fun. And then um, it's like 6 o'clock at night. My wife says, oh, I need you to swing out the Tanger outlets for one thing. I'm like, okay, it's minus 6 degrees. And you need me to just do what? <coughs> so I got out the Tangers. And I saw three cars in the parking lot. And you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, this is great. I'm going to get in there and I'm going to get out of there. And I go up the Tangers and, you know, the, stores, the store that I need was like all the way in the middle. So I'm going, and I'm like, where's everybody at? I get all the way up there, and they're closed. Everything was closed. And, like, you would think, I was excited there'd be no line. I just wasn't smart enough to realize it was four degrees below zero, and nobody would go, you know? They all went home. They were smart enough. The gifts that you give, you start having a lot of fun. I was reading about, uh, uh, about gifts, and I heard this new statistic about adults who like to buy toys. You go out, and, you, you know, you, you remember those toys that you had when you were a kid, and now they're making them again? 
and they're making them for you. So uh, they said that Americans will spend $9 billion on adults buying toys for themselves. Man, that tickle me Elmo. You just couldn't get enough of that thing, right? Or that Monopoly or whatever it was from your generation. You're going to go back there and you're going to find that. And um, as you do that, gifts are a lot of fun. We've looked at the gifts of Christmas as we've been going through our series here on Sundays. We've been looking at the gifts that the wise men brought. The wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And as they brought the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, I mean, they came and they got down, they bowed down, and they worshipped. But those gifts told us a little bit about who the person was that was receiving them. You know, if I go and I give you a gift, I'm going to know a little bit about you. I want to be able to give you a gift that you're going to enjoy. And it's going to tell me, that gift tells me a little bit about you. For example, I've used this illustration before. I said that you wouldn't give stealer tickets to somebody who really wants to go to see the Nutcracker. And you wouldn't give Nutcracker tickets to somebody who really wants to go to see the Steelers. And so as you're, as you're going through that, you find out, okay, what does this person want? You go down your list and you think about that. Well, they brought Jesus gold. And that told us that he was a king. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So we understand from the gift that they gave him, he's the king. Then he brought frankincense. And a lot of people say, well, I've heard frankincense. What is it? It's, a, it's an uh, it's a incense. And so the, the priest in the Old Testament, they would burn these incense. The high priest would go in and he would make mediation between people and God. And so he would go in and he would, he would, uh, uh, the, the smoke would go up from the incense. It would represent the prayers of the people going up to God. And so this told us that Jesus is our high priest. He mediates between us and God the Father. And then you had myrrh. And myrrh was a, a, a fragrance. They used it for a lot of beauty treatment back in several decades, several thousand years before Jesus arrived. But in the day of Jesus, it was primarily used as an embalming fluid. And so what this did, this foretold us the end of the story. It foretold us the reason that Jesus came. And so today, I want to share with you the greatest gift of Christmas. And when you understand the gift of Christmas, you're going to understand something about yourself tonight. Because there's a gift that God is giving to you. And you're going to, you're going to leave here and you're going to say, wow, I get it now. This is why God gave us Christmas. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the world would be registered. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and of the lineage of David. He went there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And he brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in the manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now they were in the same country, shepherds, living out in the fields, keeping their watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, 
lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was. If the angels had gone away, when the angels went away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see the thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with They came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. All those who heard it marveled at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, she kept them, and she pondered all these things in her heart. That's the greatest story. It's the beginning of his story. It's not just a story. It's his story. And it's the beginning of the greatest story that was ever told. You know, the, the, the angels come up to the shepherds, and they're afraid. The scriptures tell us there that they are afraid. The word is terrified. And they were terrified because these angels came, and they filled the sky, and they come, and they bring this good tidings. But at first, the shepherds, this was out of their routine. God was making a disruption their routine, they're used to going out. <clears throat> they're used to looking at the stars. They know the, the night, how it would normally go. They would not be able to tell a storm. They would be able to tell that something was totally different tonight. And when the angel shines, comes and lights up the sky with the glory of God, here's what happened. They were afraid. They were terrified. And in the Bible, we see this in the Old Testament. Before Jesus came, men, women, were afraid of the glory of God. They were afraid of God himself because God was not dwelling among the people. Jesus came and made his dwelling among us, the Bible says. And that is the difference that we have today. Genesis 3, you go all the way back to Genesis 3. Adam and Eve are in the garden. It's a beautiful situation. God created heaven on earth, if you will. And he said, you can, you can have everything here except there's one tree you can't eat of. And so what do Adam and Eve do? They fall to temptation, and they eat of the tree that God told them not to eat of. And sin entered the picture, and what happened was that they began, that the fear came in. They, they were hiding from God. God came around, and he says, Adam, where are you? Where are you? And he says, we were hiding. We were afraid. And this is when fear entered the picture. And folks, I want you to catch us because today we deal with a lot of fear, don't we? We face the fear of rejection. We face the fear of failure. I mean, when, you, when you're thinking about rejection and failure, everybody wants to be accepted. Nobody wants to be rejected. Nobody wants to be left out on the outside. Nobody wants to fail. And we, we fear those things so much. We fear the future. We fear circumstances. What will, what will life hold for me? Will I ever? Will this ever happen? What if this does happen? What if my situation doesn't change? And then we even fear death. And as we look at all these fears, I want you to know that it all comes back to this sin problem because the sin has separated us from a holy God. You see, when we have this presence and we understand who God is, there's no need to fear the future. There's no need to fear death. There's no need to fear circumstances and failures because your loving God is there and he picks you up and he puts you together and he says, I am with you. Look at the announcement here. The announcement here. The angel said to them, do not 
be afraid. For behold. And that word behold, it gives you this idea here. I think sometimes people like leave that out. What is behold, right? He says, do not be afraid, but look. Ponder. Gaze upon what I'm about to tell you. I bring you good tidings. And folks, this can happen in Christmas. We get so busy with the gifts. We get so busy with the parties. We get so busy with the Farkleberry cookies. Sometimes we forget to gaze on who Jesus is. Sometimes the fear comes in. Well, what if I didn't get that person the right gift? What if my child doesn't get what they wanted? My, my child really wanted this for Christmas, but I, I can only get them that for Christmas. Do not be afraid for behold. I think whenever we take our attention off of these circumstances and off these things, because somehow if I get you that perfect gift, you're going to be happy for a few minutes. God says, don't get your gaze fixed here. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of your future. Don't be afraid of your circumstances. Don't be afraid of even death itself. Behold. The good news, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Fear not, for there is born to you. Now check this out. The angel says, there's born to you. I want you to catch this. This is very personal. To you here today. There is born to you in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. When you understand that the gift tells you a little bit about the person who's receiving it, I want you to catch what this means for you and what it means for me. It means that we need a Savior. And the only reason that you need a Savior is because you can't save yourself. And the reason that you can't save yourself is because we have this sin issue. Listen, God came and God had this package built. I mean, you know, if you've got a package, moms, I know you've been rapping. Because dads, we're not too good at it. I wrap, I put it in a bag. They have those wonderful bags, and you pull the drawstring. It takes me about six minutes. Boom. It's over. But moms, moms, you've been wrapping. And you know how to make that bow just beautiful. And you know about that little ribbons, you know. You get that curly little ribbon everywhere. And you know all about the gifts and how to make this house just perfect. Let me tell you, God had a gift for you. And it was just perfect. And it was just at the right time. Galatians 4.4 says this. says that when the time had fully come, God sent his son to be born of a woman. At just the right time, 2,000 years ago, there had already been 4,000 years of human history. At 2,000 years ago, God said, I have made a promise and I'm keeping my promise. And God said, this is the time. So God the Father looks over to God the Son, Jesus, and says, it's time to go save the world. And God the Father leaves all the ivory God, God the Father sends his son, Jesus, the only begotten son, into this world. And he leaves all the ivory palaces of heaven. And he comes into this manger. And he, he comes in this humble, this lowly fashion. He's in a, a manger where they feed animals from. Oh, it wasn't because there was no room in the inn. It was because God had a plan. Jesus didn't come 
into a kingly palace with a scepter and fine food everywhere and the lap of luxury. As a matter of fact, the scriptures tell us that when he lived here on earth, Jesus himself said that the foxes have holes and, uh, and, and, and uh, the foxes have holes and they, at least they can go hide. But the son of man does not have a place to rest his own head. Jesus came in a very humble way, in a very humble beginning. And he did, and this was the good news. For unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the King. Verse 11. There is a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. You know why he had to come? Because you're a sinner. Because I'm a sinner. A thousand after a thousand of the, uh, after all the plans, thousands of years, God had his plan and it came to fruition. And God said, I'm sending my son. And the angel said, do not be afraid, for there is born to you a savior. And so I ask you today, who needs Christmas? Who needs Christmas? Everybody needs Christmas. You know, sometimes I get around some people and they're like, oh, I'm not into Christmas. I don't get into that. You can keep all your gifts. And why, why we got to do this? I'm, I'm related to some people like that. My father-in-law. I'm sorry. I hope he's not watching. Listen. We don't need the gifts and the wrapping and all this stuff. But we need Christmas. And the reason that you need Christmas is because you need a Savior. You've heard the statement, Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, I heard one pastor, he said it like this. He said, actually, you're the reason for the season because Jesus had to come to pay for your sin. And had you not needed a Savior, Jesus would have never had to come. Jesus came to pay for your sin once for all forever. Here's the problem. The, the Bible says in the Old Testament says that he would not let the guilty go unpunished. He says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And there's just one problem with that. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Talk to my wife. She'll tell you I'm not perfect. She'll tell you, well, don't talk to her. Listen, we have sinned and we've fallen short of this glory of God. God set the standard, the holiness of God. And you may try to live such a good life, but we still have sin. If you have one sin, is all it takes to separate us. From the holiness of God. Romans 3.23 says that the wages of sin is death. Folks, that is separation. Jesus came because of our separation. The wage, if you get what you deserve, sin is death. Separation from God forever and ever in a real place called hell, the Bible says. But the gift of God is eternal life. You see, Jesus came because of our sin. The wages of sin is death. That equals separation from God. So going out and just trying to be a better person doesn't solve the separation. You see, this is what people tell me all the time. Pastor Ken, I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to do this better next year. Well, let me tell you, those are all good things, but they will not change the separation. As a matter of fact, if you try to do all those things without letting Jesus do the work, you'll just be frustrated. You'll be disappointed and you'll be let down constantly. But Jesus came and he, look, look, what, the, look what the angel said about Jesus here. He's telling Joseph this. Joseph was ready to dismiss Mary, ready to walk away and say, forget it. 
because she had this baby, born of a virgin. It wasn't, wasn't Joseph. And he's ready to dismiss her. And look what he says in Matthew one twenty one. The angel says, she will bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. How would he save the people from their sin? That little baby would live a perfect life. He never once asked his mom or dad, parents, could you imagine that? Tell them to clean up, and it's clean. Oh, man, that would have been awesome, wouldn't it? You know, clean your room. It's done already. How did that happen, right? I mean, he was a perfect. He never once cussed. He never once thought a dirty thought. I mean, he was perfect. And then he goes to the cross, and they kill him on the cross as a criminal. For he claimed that he is God, and it was true. He's God. Born of a virgin. This was God in the flesh who came down to pay for our sin. Christmas had to happen because of you. Because of me. You're the reason that God had to have Christmas. God looked down and he saw you in your brokenness. He saw you in your pain. And what he did was he come and he gave his one and only son. John 3.16, the most famous verse in all the Bible. Read it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. All of your brokenness, and God says, I love you so much that I'm going to give. You can't love without giving. I'm going to love you, and I'm giving. So God loved you so much that he gave, and he gave you the thing that was the most dearest thing to him. He gave his only begotten son, the only one that was generated from God the Father himself. That whoever would believe in him. Look what God did. He gave you the opportunity to have eternal life. If you believe in him, you would not perish. You'll not be separated from God forever and ever. But you would have everlasting life. Matthew chapter 1 continues on. Look what the angel says here. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and will bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Now check this out, folks. God didn't just send some information about himself. God just didn't send some letter and say, here, I hope you catch it. He didn't line up the stars to say, Jesus is my son. No, he sent his very son to come and to dwell among us. And the scripture says here, his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Folks, you know all those fears that we talked about? That fear of rejection, do you know that changes when you have God with you? That fear of, uh, of, of, of the future, do you know that changes when you have God with you? That fear of death, you won't even be afraid to die when you understand that God is with you. You see, Jesus came and he is with us. The Old Testament, they were afraid. They couldn't get near the glory of God. And so whenever they came into the presence of God Almighty... Man, they were afraid. And now God says, there's no need to be afraid anymore. For Emmanuel, God is with us. He is coming. He knows your pain. He knows your struggle. He understands what it's like to lose a loved one. When Jesus was around 12 years old, after the age of 12, we don't hear any mention of his earthly father, Joseph, anymore. He understands what it's like to lose a loved one. He understands what it's like to, to have pain, to have suffering, to have sorrow. 
to be broken, uh, to all the physical brokenness. Yet he never sinned. And God himself demonstrated. Romans 5.8 says this. God demonstrated. God proves his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I want to ask you tonight, have you made Christmas personal? I, just think about this. Have, have I made Christ personal? Have I had a personal interaction with Jesus Christ? You know, if Jesus came and he was born in a, in a manger and you heard this story all of your life, you heard it over and over again, that's wonderful that he came to the manger. But have you made your heart the manger? Have you humbled yourself in the loneliness of our world and just humbled before God Almighty and said, God, I need you. God, the gift that you gave me tells me something about me. I'm a sinner, and I'm so thankful for this gift because I could not save myself. Folks, we cannot save ourselves. The scripture says that our goodness is as filthy rags. So God says all that you must do is believe. He says, come to me all who are heavy burdened. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus himself said, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. I will give you rest. Doesn't that sound wonderful tonight? You have any burdens? You have any weariness? I'll tell you what, I'm pretty weary in the world that I'm living right now. The world's crazy, isn't it? And if I let my mind go to the circumstances outside there, man, I'm carrying all kind of burdens. But Jesus says, come to me. I will give you rest. Look at the next verse, verse 29. It says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart. You'll find rest for your souls. Folks, Jesus came. Christmas had to happen so you could have rest for your soul. John 1.12 says this, says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, as many as believed on his name. He says, if you will believe in your head, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, and receive him. You know, if I give you a gift tonight, you walk out of here with a gift and you never open it, could you imagine that? If I gave you a gift and you, you went home and you had this gift card to go, go to the Olive Garden. Which, you know, that's all right, right? I'll take it. But you took that gift card, and you didn't even open it. You just put it on your dresser. I found something like that in my house a while back. And I got yelled at for it. I had a gift, and it was up on my dresser. Somebody gave us a gift card. And my wife's like, I can't believe you've been hiding that on me. No, I haven't been hiding nothing. I just never opened it. And you know, that's what happens with Jesus, you may know all about him. It's not about information. It's about believing and receiving. And to receive, you've got to open that up. And you've got to take him in. So tonight, I want to ask you, have you made Christ personal? Not do you believe the facts about God, about Jesus, but have you made him personal? Have you made your heart that manger tonight? All you have to do is say yes. That's it. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I'm going to invite you to do that today on this Christmas Eve.
2022, I'm going to invite you to open your heart to Jesus. And for many that have been following Jesus a long time, I'm going to ask you, how's your relationship with God? Is it personal lately? Have you just been running and running that you haven't been enjoying his presence? Emmanuel, God with us. This is why he came, so that we could have eternal life. And not just life in heaven, but life right now. And life right now starts with Jesus. When you get in the presence of God, you're no longer fearful. The shepherds learned that. And today I want you to have that same peace. I want you to no longer have fear. I want you to have Jesus. Let's close in prayer with our heads bowed and eyes closed this evening. I'm going to ask you right now to to open your heart to Jesus. He died on the cross. This little baby came to the earth, and he didn't stay a baby. He grew up, lived a perfect life, and he was the only sacrifice that was acceptable to God the Father because he was perfect. He was the sinless, the spotless Lamb of God. And so tonight, maybe you're here and you say, I have all this stuff, and maybe God's just put the picture together for you. Maybe you've heard the message many times, but God is knocking at your door. Will you open it? The handle's not on the outside, it's on the inside. Will you open your heart's door and invite him in? He says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So with our heads bowed and eyes closed this evening, if, if that's you, you say, Pastor Ken, I'm ready I want to trust Christ. God's speaking to me right now. Would you just pray a prayer, something like this, to God? You don't have to repeat it identical. It's just not magical prayer. It's just tell God that you want to invite him into your heart right now. You could pray something like this, just quietly between you and the Lord. Dear Jesus, I've learned tonight that I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Thank you for your gift of a Savior. Thank you for being my Savior. Jesus, you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You rose again. And I give you my heart. I invite you into my life to be my personal Savior. And for others in the room tonight, maybe you've been in the hustle and bustle of life The last few years has been so trying. Maybe God's speaking to you tonight about time in his presence. Look at what God did. He he left heaven. He, He went through all this trouble to come and get in your world. What's keeping you from him tonight? I want to encourage you. Just ask the Lord to give you this ability, give you this desire to walk with him. Father God, I thank you for the gift of your presence. Emmanuel, God with us. The presence under the tree don't mean anything without the presence of God Almighty. So God, I thank you that you are dwelling among us, Lord, that you're in my life, you're in the life of many believers. And Lord, many people here tonight just open their heart to trust you. God, I pray that you'll transform us, make us more and more like you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Would you, if you prayed with me tonight, as we leave, there's a little book that's called The Best Gift. They're going to be handing them out in the foyer, right in the middle of the foyer. I want, I'm going to ask them just to hold this up like this. They're free. If you prayed with me tonight, just take this. There's nothing to buy or sell, nothing to join. This is the life of Jesus. John, one of his apostles, eyewitness to Jesus, 
wrote this little booklet. It's 21 chapters. You can read one chapter a day, a 21-day challenge. I want to encourage you, on your way out, just take one of these. It's your, if you trusted Christ, this is your sign. Yes, I've trusted Christ. What a wonderful evening. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. I'd like to ask you to take your candle out now.
So we're going to light the candle, and we're going to start from one flame up front, and we will spread it throughout the congregation. And as we do, we're just going to take the house lights, uh, the, the stage lights down, and uh, we're going to spread the love, the light of the gospel here. I'm going to ask Luke if you'll come and light off of me here, and then spread that around down there. As we sing together just a few Christmas carols as has been our, our tradition. Silent night, holy night. Silent night, holy night. Oh. Close by me forever and love. 
sing, O come, let us adore him. Lift those candles high and just enjoy the moment together as we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords who has come as a gift for you. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. We'll praise his name forever. We'll praise his name forever. We'll praise his name forever, Christ the Lord. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Take a look around, look around the auditorium, how beautiful it is. This is what God does. God gives light, and it starts with one. And maybe in your family, you're the only one that's trusted Christ. God is going to soon start a fire, and he's going to start that blaze going in your family. And thanks be to God for what he's done. Amen? Let's take our candles and extinguish them. I'm going to ask you to please take those with you as you leave. There's receptacles out in the foyer that you can dispose of or take it home as a memory. Two announcements here. Number one, if you prayed tonight, please take one of these booklets in the foyer. And number two, I'd like to invite you to join us tomorrow on Jesus' birthday. We'll be here at 10 a.m. If you have kids, bring them in their PJs. We're going to have a good time tomorrow. God bless you. You are dismissed. Merry Christmas.